Hello, and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And thank you for joining us. Today on the show, we are going to be talking all about folklorama. And we're also going to be talking about the trend of bailing on your friends. So, Aaron, how was your week? Uh, it's been very busy, and I know I say that every week, but um, this has been busy with sort of non-work-related things for once, which is kind of nice. Uh, uh, for the long weekend, I went to uh, my aunt and uncle's cottage up in Grindstone Park. Yes, and I hear there was a, <laughs> yes. a talent show. There, on the Sunday night, there was a talent show. So this is the kind of cottage community where everyone's friends, and they like... Because some cottage communities you just keep to yourself, and you don't know your neighbors, but this is right. not that kind of community. And they had a little area set up by the beach with all these picnic tables and, and a stage with amps and all this stuff. And, and I think there was like 13 performers. Oh, wow. <laughs> 13 performers. And it took so like two what? and a half hours. Oh my God. Because everyone was allowed to play up to three songs and one guy did four songs. So is it like mostly musical talent? Yes. Or is, okay. Yeah. It was like m- people playing guitar or there was a, a fiddle player who was amazing. There was a little girl who played the recorder. And she was so cute. And she, for whatever reason, thought I guess thought she messed up. And she walked off stage and just like burst into tears. And I felt so bad. But she did really well. She sounds like me in my piano recital days. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, And then most people were like playing guitar or banjo. I think my uncle played a ukulele. And and, uh, yeah. And then my whole family was out there. There was 13 of us. And my aunt uh, is visiting from Montreal. And she is kind of a a stick in the mud sometimes. (laughs) Sorry, Karen. (laughs) But uh, we we were chatting. And she like turned around and yelled at us like we were 12 years old, like my my brother and his wife and my boyfriend and I. And uh, there was a man in a golf cart sitting (laughs) next to her and he he was talking fairly loudly. And she literally got out of her chair, walked over to him and shushed him. And we were so <laughs> embarrassed that we like left because I was like, I can't. It was, yeah, it was really funny. Uh, so it was a very serious talent show is what It was saying. a very serious talent show. Yes. Um, and then other than that, it's just sort of been out and about in the evenings doing all sorts of Winnipeg stuff. We went to some of the Canada Games Festival nights, which was really fun. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Which, um, what bands did you see? We went on PEI night because I love East Coast music. So um. Rose Cousins, East Pointers, and Jen Grant was kind of the headliner of the night. It was great. Very cool. Um, yeah, I've been kind of laying low this week, but I'm hoping to uh, get to Folklorama next week mm-hmm. and uh, have been doing stuff. I've been spending um, a lot of the time, a lot of my days at Canada Games because I've been doing sort of these series of videos just around like not so much the athletes, but like the culture surrounding the games. Mm-hmm. So like I hung out with Nibin, the mascot <laughs> on Friday <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So that's been that's been fun. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to uh, I'm excited for everything next week. Excited to get to Folklorama, excited for Interstellar. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's all gonna stuff be... we're going to talk about later in the pod. Later in the pod. We are almost at the end of week one of Folklorama. Yep. Um, so we want to talk about, about that because it's, uh, well, you have had a long history with Folklorama. I've been covering yeah. Folklorama for years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what are some like highlight pavilions for you typically that you like like to go back to every year? Um, well, one that we are going to talk about in a second is the uh, Hungary Pannonia Pavilion. It's mm-hmm. always at the Burton Cummings Community Center. 
um on arlington yes yes okay <laughs> um that's one of my favorites every year food amazing performances amazing people they're amazing cabadrol is literally the size of your fists like they are can't go wrong humongous you can't go wrong i go for the uh langoche which is the big piece of fried dough that you put garlic salt or icing sugar on i always do icing sugar i so- like the savory Langosh, actually. Well, then we're a good pair. We are a good pair. Um, I profiled a family that's been heavily involved in the Hungry Pannonia Pavilion, who have kind of gotten to know over the years covering Folkorama, just mm-hmm. in kind of bits and pieces. We did the Folkorama food fight a few years ago, um, where I met Liz, and then last year I met uh, her mom, who's also named Liz. <laughs> Liz so, Senior. Yeah, Liz and Chuck, who named their kids Liz and Chuck. <laughs> um, but I did a longer piece on them for, that'll be out in Saturday's paper. And uh, they invited me over for a lovely Hungarian dinner, and it was served on the china that Chuck and Liz had to bring back on their laps on the flight home from Hungary in the 80s. Um, And it was just, it was really nice to talk to them about how um, Fulcarama has allowed them to preserve a culture that for Liz, older Liz, she wasn't allowed to celebrate Mm -hmm. or participate in because she was from hungry when it was under communist rule right um so just about how she was able to reconnect with her hungarian roots and how she's been able to pass them along to her first generation kids and mm-hmm. all of that stuff so it was nice to nice to hear those stories from folklorama for sure yeah and i mean we're like i'm a multi-generational folklorama family mm-hmm. too like my dad was my nana was a dance teacher and a coordinator my dad was a coordinator i was a coordinator and dancer for a long time so i i get it yeah, it's amazing how there's so many stories like that mm-hmm. with, with intergenerational volunteers and just people who have been involved in it forever. Because, I mean, when you, a festival is almost 50 years old, that that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember last year, one of the week ones, so week one goes until Saturday. So the Folk Week starts on Sunday. Um, one of the pavilions that I would heartily recommend that I went to last year, I believe, or maybe it was the year before. Anyway, the Korean Pavilion. <laughs> the Korean Pavilion is like, and I've seen things from Instagram from this year. Like the Korean Pavilion is lit. Like it is, it is incredible. <laughs> like they do all these like Taekwondo demonstrations to K-pop and it's just, it's, it's a great pavilion. So I would <laughs> highly, highly recommend that. Yeah. One. I've been to probably almost all of them more than once throughout the years. Minus like the new, new ones from yeah, this yeah. year. Um, the Indian ones are always very good, like the Punjab and then also the India Pavilion are always really good. Food is always obviously amazing. Um, I always enjoy myself at like the Irish ones. I think a lot of people go there, but, uh, yeah. Folkorama tip also, um, not last year. Last year I did the bike tour, which I would also highly recommend. So what's the bike bike tour? So basically you all meet at a place and then you take your bike to, I think you go to two pavilions on the bike tour and you Mm. bike between them okay. but they're not too far from each other so it's like a good ride but it's not like exhausting you're not dying yeah um you can't drink on the bike tour which i learned last year because i because we were going to the mexican pavilion and i'm like oh like it and it was like tequila themed and i was like oh i can't try any tequila <laughs> i'm on my bike <laughs> um but it uh it's a kind of a great way to bond with everybody who is on the tour as well mm-hmm. because it's not super massive you take your bike it's good to get a little bit of exercise and then see some pavilions. Mm-hmm. The VIP bus tour is also incredible. Like basically, if you're not doing a VIP tour of Folkorama, you're doing Folkorama wrong. Well, like, right, because you don't like you you guaranteed to get in. Yep, 
you don't get food yeah you get a drink you get seating you don't have to drive like they take care of all of that and the best part is a bus it's amazing is when you get your food it's usually a sampler plate Mm -hmm. which is what they give to like the vips like the like other ambassadors and coordinators who are traveling around yeah so if you were to buy all those things individually it would cost a freaking fortune but if you get the sampler plate, exactly. you're golden. And again, you get to meet people. So yeah. I met a bunch of tourists that were up from the States. And it was so fun because, it's again, like it's just kind of nice to be able to re-experience something through them. Um, so that was really fun. I hung out with a bunch of like senior ladies from North Dakota and had a great time. So <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend that. I'm kind of sad because we, we've had a pavilion almost every year for the last 46 years, but we, yeah. we don't have one this year. I was part of the Slovenia pavilion. So I do kind of, I do uh, like as much as I complain about it when it's happening, <laughs> I do kind of miss not, not having it this year. It's the first time in my life that I can remember not having it. So it's very strange for me, this Folklorama season. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something else that people sometimes forget about this festival is that it's a volunteer-driven thing and it yes. is a ton of work. It really is. Like, if if you're a coordinator, your meetings start in January f- to plan for the August festival. Yeah, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of work to bring that to us every year. Um, moving on, I read an article... Um, you can read? I can read. I read a lot. <laughs> um, from last month, I guess, from New York Times. That was kind of making the rounds on my socials. Mm-hmm. And the headline was The Golden Age of Bailing. And basically, this columnist was talking about how social media has made it super easy for us to bail. And we all bail on each other all the time. And we're all terrible friends to one another. <laughs> um, and he's like talking about like the moral hurdles we must meet. For every Moral bail. Hurdles. Yes. Wow. Like, is it a good reason or is it a bad reason? And his cited bad reasons are you're tired or you want to be alone. Which those I are think not are, bad reasons. I think those are great reasons for bailing. Like, I don't like, that's what I was going to say about this article. Because right. basically it was talking about like, oh, we should stop bailing on each other. I don't know. I don't think the problem is smartphones and social media. I think the problem is that no one knows how to say no. Yes. And I also think the problem too is that there's just too much stuff going on exactly like if you went to everything you would be exhausted all the time and so i think there's a bit of a tendency for us to overcommit and then because it's easier to say yes in the moment and then bail later than saying no i don't want to do that or no i'm not interested in that right like even if you're not that blunt about it like it's valid to be like thanks for asking me but no i'm not interested right and yet i find that it's much easier to just say yes to everything and overcommit. And I used to do that all the time until I like kind of made it a priority, not really a new year's resolution, but kind of that 2017 was going to be my year of no, because it was just like, I need to be more precious with my time mm-hmm. and how I spend it. And we even got shirts with the word no on them. We did. They're like our podcast uniform. No period. <laughs> no is a complete sentence. Like it's, that is a valid. No, I don't want to do that. Right. And I think on top of that too, being able to say no without feeling obligated to offer some kind of reason or excuse. excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Just or like, just no. I yeah. Don't, I like, don't want to. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, I think that's the bigger issue. And I think it kind of goes, um, it speaks to, the difficulties that many of us have with being assertive right because you don't want to yes. hurt people's feelings right. and you don't want to you know it's it seems easier to say yes but i'm a big advocate of being more precious with your time because i just find, being honest and i've found that as a result i bail way less right than i used to 
And like, I don't actually have too much of a problem with bailing, quote unquote. Also, everyone, let's be honest, is secretly relieved when you suddenly have three hours of free time because someone's bailed on you. Exactly. I'm never disappointed when someone texts me mid-afternoon saying they don't they don't want to meet up for drinks tonight. I'm like, great. PJ's Netflix. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst friend ever, but I have to bail. Like, it's all... I, but yet we're, we all feel so, the same but like way. i would rather someone text me several hours in advance and say i i just i'm not going to make it tonight fine great perfect whatever i'd rather that than either someone show up really late or someone mm. does not show up at all um those are two options that are or can be more than anything in the universe well and that kind of as a good segue into something that I know bothers you so much punctuality oh my gosh I am the most punctual human in the universe like to up to the point where if I say I'm going to call you at three o'clock I'm going to call you at three o'clock not 301 not 259 it's true I can vouch for Erin she's extremely punctual but it's to the point where like people don't expect other people to be punctual it's like it's a shock like I can't even tell you the amount of phoners I've done where they said call me at this exact time I call them at that time they go wow you called on time. You're very punctual. <laughs> just like, yeah, I know. That's my job. Like, that's it sh- I should be punctual. You said two. I call it two. Well, and it's funny because it kind of speaks to, uh, like, the respect people have for other people's time. Mm-hmm. And I forget where I read this, but it was such a good reframe. It was someone who was, like, talking about how they're always late. I can't. I'm, I cannot. Like, always late, always late, always late. And I believe it was, like, a therapist or someone was like, okay, well, have you ever missed a flight? And this person was like, no, I've never missed a flight. And she's like, well, that suggests to me that then you are capable of being on time. Right. You just, just when it suits you. Right. And the person oh. writing this article was like, oh, my God. Like, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, that totally is what's happening. So, it, yeah, it's it's a... I've had, I've had a full out yelling argument with a friend of mine who is like that, consistently late always. And she showed up for dinner once. 45 minutes late and she lived only a few blocks away from the restaurant and they wouldn't see us until the whole party was there and it was like an important dinner it was like a goodbye dinner for one of my other friends maybe like a layer of hanger on top of that right we're all starving we're all like irate and at this time she was like in her 30s so like there's no reason there's no like oh i'm 20 and like i don't know what i'm doing no um and so i took her outside and i said this is unacceptable do not ever do this again you are 33 effing years old like show up on time this is insane and she was never late again after that i was like it's so disrespectful (laughs) i can't even tell you you're wasting all of our time like your time is not more important than my time it's not exactly and i and it goes back to the bailing conversation too because just be honest like if you're particularly i think bailing is an issue that crops up when you have people that are dealing with mental health issues right particularly social anxiety right right and so i think there is a way to if i I think if we're all honest with each other there's a way to be like okay i understand that sometimes you can't make it Mm -hmm. or it's okay if you change your mind it's mm-hmm. okay if you make plans with me on Tuesday and then by the time we get to Friday, if you're like, you know what, I really don't I have at home. the energy to do this. Mm-hmm. I need a night at home. If we build more understanding around that, I think the lateness and the bailing and all that kind of stuff kind of gets taken out of the equation mm-hmm. because we're just honest about what's going on in our lives. And mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to the like, I don't feel like this or like, I'm going to be late either I'm like, or I'm not going to come or go ahead without me or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I think the smartphone thing can actually help because it can improve our 
communications with each other and just like keeping everybody in the loop. But I agree. Punctuality has suddenly become like the like, oh my God, you're on time. It's like, what's the new baseline now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. As someone who has never been late for anything in her life, (laughs) I can't tell you because I don't understand that logic. I just don't, I don't understand why you, if you know that it's going to take you 20 minutes to get ready, give yourself 30 just in case. Like, I don't understand why, why that's not a thing for people. I know. I'm the one who shows up like hours late for a flight. Like hours and hours. Hours? hours For a flight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How? What? Because I like to get settled. Oh, hours early. Hours early. You said late. No, no, no. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, hours early. No, no, no. (laughs) So this came to mind because when I was at Fringe, I saw John Bennett's new show. And at the beginning, he was just kind of, he's Australian performer storyteller. And he was talking about like, he asked the audience, he's like, how many flights have you missed? And I was like, people have missed. Like, how is that number not zero? Like, (laughs) (laughs) how how does this happen? He's missed 14 flights. What? I was like, it, I, I short-circuited like I am now. I'm like, how does it happen? <laughs> so I totally identify. I'm there. I need to get my book and my coffee and be there. Like, Oh, yeah. Sometimes the gate hasn't even changed to the place where I'm going yet. It's like, oh, I know it will soon. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. As always, our final segment of the pod is what we're reading, watching, and are listening to. And I know Jen has been reading something. I have been reading. I'm still watching ER, FYI. I'm now in season 14, in case, anyone, <laughs> in case anyone's interested. But I'm reading um, Kelly Oxford's first book. So she's kind of like a... I hate pe- calling people Twitter celebrities because she's a published author, but she kind of, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she kind of rose to prominence through Twitter and released a first of a pair of memoirs a couple years ago called Everything is Perfect When You're a Liar. And then she just had another book out recently, but I'm reading her first book mm-hmm. and it's a. Uh, just as funny as she is on Twitter, and uh, it's kind of nice that is she like a young lady or an she's, older lady. I think she's in her early forties. Okay, mom of three, and kind of just started her career making funny tweets in the parking lot of superstore. And uh, <laughs> she's Canadian. Yeah, she's Canadian. Okay. And grew up like outside of Edmonton. I don't know why I just assume everyone is American always. And, and so I was going to say it's kind of nice to see like read like a Canadian perspective because I, mm-hmm. I do read a lot of memoir, but it's often American lens. So yeah. It's been a, it's been good, so I'm excited to uh, get her new one too. Um, How about I, you? I've been, I have two very exciting updates. Um, the first is that Bachelorette, the season has finally concluded. I feel like I've wasted my life a little bit with this one, and I don't foresee myself ever watching Bachelor or Bachelorette ever again. So the first and only time, I guess. Um, she chose, as I suspected, the sleazy chiropractor whose name is Brian, and I keep calling him Alex. <laughs> I don't know why, because those <laughs> names are not, not even name. close to each other. <laughs> so she eliminated um, Eric, the personal trainer, like right off the hot, didn't even cry, nothing, just put him in the cab and was like GTFO, basically. Um, so then it was down to Peter, who everyone was rooting for, the one who wouldn't commit to proposing to her. And they had and this also like... the nondescript guy. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone loves him because he got a little gap tooth and he's, yeah, he's, he's adorable. And, uh, and they had this big, like, emotional, I guess, fight talk. But she cried so much that her false eyelashes fell off. 
Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so then they ultimately just the worst thing to happen during a they, fight. They talk. couldn't. They couldn't like make reach a reach a compromise because he wasn't ready to propose, and she just really wanted this ring for whatever reason. It was just... had like eyelashes migrating down her face. Right. And... So they had this tearful farewell, and she walked off into the rain, and he was like crying in his room. <laughs> but the whole time, the episode it was three hours. Okay. My God. It was the finale, and they had done this new format that sh- the bachelorette was they'd cut between the show and her watching it back live. So they would get her for, to do comments about the segment that they had just watched. And then they bring out the guys and it was, it was like excruciating to watch. It was terrible. Bachelorette don't ever do that again. It was horrible. So then she ended up like having the most sort of weirdly unemotional, unromantic proposal with the skeezy chiropractor and they're engaged now. So there's, there's that. Well, congrats. And then Bachelor Nation just like erupted on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? Like, it was, it was crazy. So, but never again. I'm done. You pod listeners, you will never have to sit through another Bachelorette recap. Famous last word. No, I'm done. There's no way. What if I start watching it? <sighs> I've never Godspeed. seen, I've never seen it. Godspeed. Any one time. And you know what else? But I everyone have... I know watches it. And then, so I feel like I am pretty invested just because I consume a lot of <laughs> recaps for some reason. <laughs> So one thing, another thing that I had never seen was the movie Ghost. I can't believe you. Which is shocking to a lot of people. I can't. Well, I can't believe you haven't seen a number of movies that you haven't seen, (laughs) including the 1996 classic Twister. I have never seen Twister. No. But um, Ghost came up on on my Netflix queue and my boyfriend's like, we're going to watch it because you've never seen it. And I enjoyed it. Whoopi Goldberg is a queen. Like, she is amazing in that film. I'm really glad she won an Oscar for it. But I was really disappointed at sort of the lack of sort of sexy haunting that was happening (laughs) (laughs) so you know like obviously everyone knows the iconic scene with the clay and the wheel when I had watched that out of context I thought Patrick Swayze was already dead (laughs) so I thought he was like ghost ghost helping her make the pottery and I'm like yeah I can see why people think that's that's sexy whatever so then I saw the the scene in the movie and he wasn't dead yet and I was like, okay, well, maybe this makes even more sense because maybe he's going to do it again when he's dead to like show her that he's there and that it's him like reenacting the scene later as like a ghostly sort of like sexy thing. Sexy haunting. And then it never happened. And the movie ended. I was like, wait, where was that scene? And he was like the one that was at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, no, no, the one where he's dead and does the clay. And he's like, no, that never happens. So <laughs> I was really disappointed. It's always really funny seeing something that you know out of context through pop culture. Like I felt that way when I first watched Star Wars because I hadn't seen it until I was an adult. And I'm like, but yet I feel like I have because mm-hmm. pop culture. So yeah, sorry. But does that, that not seem like it would be a better scene? Yes. And actually, it's funny that you say that because that's how I also remember it. He was not a ghost. He was alive. No, he was alive. And that, yeah. So that's right. what I thought because all of the stuff was building up like, oh, he can, he can now like move objects with like, he's learning his powers. And I was like, okay, so then it makes sense that he'll be able to like, he's learning to ta- like, to be sexy able to, haunt. Right. To, to haunt her in a sexy way with the clay and the wheel did not happen. I was disappointed. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> we will watch Twister and I will give an equally disappointing recap. I'm sure. No, 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 you won't. It's, it's great. It's great. Bill Paxton, RIP. He's in it and is wonderful. So is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah. RIP again. I know all these delightful people are in the. Greatest... And Helen Hunt, who is very much and alive. Helen Hunt, who is also great. And Lois Smith. 
who is I don't like, know who that is. She you would know her if you saw okay. her. She's like the old lady and everything. She was like <laughs> she was like the June Squib before June Squib came on the scene. Got it. Um that's how I would describe her. <laughs> uh but no, it's great. So you'll have to watch it and report back. Yeah. Um speaking of, I wrote a story about the storm chasing course that um Oh yeah. You have M offers cool. speaking of Twister, um, that ran in last Saturday's paper. Um but I want to plug it again because the photo, <laughs> not even for my own writing, the photos but are amazing. the photos are so cool. Yeah. So if you haven't checked that out, you should. And as always, you can find all our work at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen's Ratty on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Maya Rumble on Instagram and Twitter. And I just want to remind everyone that oh, yeah. um, the pod next week will be a little bit later because we're doing a live, not live, we're recording it at Interstellar Rodeo on the weekend, but we don't know what day yet. Special guest TBA. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.